Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Every time I encounter this passage, I wonder what the ancient Israelites thought when they heard it. By all accounts, this section of the book of Isaiah, which starts right where we heard it today in the 40th chapter, was written during the Babylonian captivity, so somewhere around 538 BCE. The writer tells of a heavenly council where God is speaking and making clear that Israel will return to its land and will receive an abundance from God. That day hasn't happened yet, but God promises that it will. And God knows what it will look like, and more importantly, maybe, God knows what it will take to make it happen. God wants the writer of chapter 40 of this book to convey this to God's people. This writer most likely knows what the terrain is like between Israel and Babylon, some 900 miles of earth. Knows that it's a hilly and rocky area. There were established roads, but they bend and curve with the terrain. So whatever they have to transport all the way back to Israel will be difficult, to say the least. Challenging. It might even make them want to stay in Babylon, much like their ancestors who found difficulty coming out of Egypt and longed to go back. But God has a different plan. And to help the people see that plan, God tells the prophet these familiar words that have become a balm to so many. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. I wonder if the Israelites knew their lives, their very existence, was going to be changed from what their parents and grandparents knew. I wonder if they had any idea, any way to comprehend that the road in front of them was going to be very different than the road behind them. Their relationship with God and with the world would be altered by their time in Babylon. And they were not going to be returning to the same world that their parents and grandparents left behind. Israel would be in Babylon for nearly two generations. Those who left as small children may have been lucky enough to go back home, but they probably didn't remember what it was like when they left. And I doubt it was even more, much more than a handful of people. They would find new ways to worship and serve the God who loved them so deeply. They would figure out new ways of honoring the old traditions and beliefs, the ones that God tells them through the prophet Jeremiah to maintain while they are in Babylon. And be sure, but be assured, whether they could grasp it or not, it was going to be different. The road in front of them was going to be different than the road behind them. They were going to have the opportunity to start new, new chances to be God's people and let the one true God be their God. As followers of Jesus, we are inheritors of that history and those stories. 
We do not have to experience an exile from all that is familiar for us to learn their lesson. Sometimes we fail to see what is being revealed to us because it might mean we have to do things differently. We try so hard to grasp and to hang on to what is comfortable and familiar, and we end up in uncomfortable and unfamiliar places. For the Christian faith in the coming year, much like those Israelites, that road in front of us is going to be different than the road behind us. Those of us engaged in the wider life of church and faith and organized religion find a different landscape than we had five years ago, or 15 or 20. And faced with that changing landscape, we have a couple of options. On the one hand, we can bemoan what was lost. We can fuss about changes. We can reminisce about back when. And, you know, sometimes that's a good thing to do, but not for long. To remember what was good and why we loved it, but we can't stay there. If we want our faith and the faith of those who came before us to be shared with those who come after us, we cannot continue to look in the rearview mirror. My friend Elizabeth is the bishop of the Diocese of Nevada, and she shared in a meeting that I was with her in back in April. She said, we know that Jesus will return. We also need to remember that the church of the 1950s will not. Because the road in front of us, like the Israelites, is different than the road behind us. And the question is, what in God's name are we going to do about it? I don't pretend to have any or very many answers, but I know that as followers of Jesus, we need to look for the places where God is lifting up the valleys and making the hills low, where God is making the uneven ground level and the rough places into a plain. I could hold up many of the ministries of Christ's church that are partnering with God to make those things happen. Providing funding for social service agencies and other nonprofits through the Christ Church Trust and Cookie Walk and Pumpkin Patch. And it's not just that those are dollars going back out into our community, but it's the, it's the hands and feet of God's people who are working to earn those dollars and sending them back out in the name of Christ and in the name of Christ Church. When our Eucharistic visitors, our Stephen ministers, Christ Church friends, our prayer ministers visit those who need a companion or prayer or the sacrament of communion, they are helping to raise up the valleys and make the hills low. For all of those people, the road looks different in front of them. And we are making sure that they know of God's comfort for all of God's people. When we collect so many backpacks and school supplies for the Episcopal Farm Worker Ministry that the chairperson of the board has to make two trips to fit them all in her SUV, and we do something similar of a similar magnitude for interfaith refugee ministry, we are making sure the glory of the Lord is revealed and all flesh see it together. I'm more than just an optimist. I don't just see a glass as half full. 
I look for ways that the glass could be all the way full. Christ Church has a lot of overflowing glasses right now, and certainly some glasses that need filling. I don't think we have to take from the overflowing glasses to fill up the other glasses. I think God can provide for all of those glasses to be made full. The challenge for this parish continues to be what many other parishes and volunteer-run agencies find, which is it's the funding and the people to make them happen that tend to be the biggest challenge. We continue to need the funding and the people to make happen all the things that we feel that God is calling us to be and do. But I stand firm that we are on the right path, that we are on the right road that God is making flat and clear for us. And we need to remember that we did not stumble upon this path on our own. God laid it out for us and God led us there. Much like the ancient Israelites who heard these words from the prophet in their midst, and much like those who heard the words of the, of the John the baptizer, we look to those to show us the way, to show us the light. The road ahead of us may be different than the road behind us, but God continues to be with us, just as Jesus promised. And with God's help, we will continue to be the church that God has called us to be. And let all God's people say amen. amen.